Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. knew it would work from operational on your side, sales mm-hmm. on my side, mm-hmm. and what we knew would work. And we just executed it. And that's when we hired Felix. It's when we moved uh, mm-hmm. Kevin up to Dallas. So we had two offices in Dallas. Yeah, That's when um, TJ had his office. We promoted out Daniel. And then we had a third office because Randy moved into the third office in mm-hmm. Houston. Um, and then Ralph moved to Florida. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just, we were cooking with gas, man. And mm-hmm. everything was clicking. Um, and then AT&T decided to buy direct TV. Yeah. And everything changed. Everything changed. Yeah. So, uh, one other thing I want to point out is, you know, when I think back to the way that I operate now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably a thousand percent more conservative now because mm-hmm. I have more to protect, you know what I mean? Amen. But back then, I just didn't, I flew by the seat of my pants. I fired from the hip. You know what I mean? And, uh, at the time I think we did in 13, we did like 1.8 million in 13 in commissions. Right. And so, uh, and then we moved into an office space that cost 60 grand a year. Yeah. It was huge. And, and that was the deal is like, that's how we operated. We didn't say, Oh, Hey, let's build it or let's, uh, they will come and then we'll build it. Yeah. yeah. Let's have them come and be busting at the seams and then we'll build it. Right. No, we built it first. And we had this just blind faith in ourselves. <laughs> you know like what I mean? Feel the dreams door to door. Yeah, vision. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We had this blind faith in ourselves that we were going to make it happen. Absolutely. There was no other option, you know? And, uh, I mean, if that, if that isn't commission sales for you in general, right. You just have to have uh, a, a blind faith in it. So you got to have that fire in your belly, man. Mm-hmm. You just got to, I mean, it's, um, I had that fire. I knew that many were going to make this happen no matter what, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and it's, it just, you know, it was the same with solar too. It was the, it was the no matter what mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to check time, but I don't. It's like you're at 25 minutes. Oh, it says it right there. You're at 25. Okay, we're good. Um, so edit that out. <laughs> Chop cut. All right. So we we come off of our biggest year ever. Yeah. We do the conference. We had a an amazing conference on the beach oh, that yeah. we did. We did a Living leadership dream. We and- did leadership training. But the the way we did I love the way we did our leadership training mm-hmm. because it was we had people from all different experiences and skill sets. And so we had everybody teach each other. Everybody was very good at a certain thing. And so like we had, I think we had, uh, what do we have Felix doing? We had Felix doing recruiting or TJ. We had TJ doing recruiting. Absolutely. And then we had like Ralph doing the structure of a meeting. Right. You know what I mean? We had, um, do you remember at that time? And I, I I just forgot about it till right now. We had two offices in the Valley. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. We had one in, uh, in mission and one in Harlan. Uh-huh. So Omar was there. Omar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude. And then, and golly, who was the other guy? I think Omar Leo. was managing both. Yeah. Um, I think Omar was doing, was doing both. We had guys in both offices, but anyways, so like our leadership training was all about how can we teach each other? You know what I mean? Cause we, 
you know, while a lot of it was organic at the contractor level, a lot of the management was from other companies or from other fields. Right. Right. And so there was a lot to be taught every which way. And so, uh, 14 was the peak. We did 4.8 million in 14. So we went from 1.8 to 4.8, added 3 million in commissions in one year. And then after that, you know, 15 to let's just fast forward to 20 and then kind of cover all the different things we did in, in between. Uh, we averaged anywhere from two to 2.8. You know, I think the highest we got was uh, 2019 was 2.8 just recently. But okay. now, now that we've added a, a different kind of product in the mix, but in solar, right. you know, we're our our target for next year is is eight million, right? Eight right. million, six point five yeah. solar, and one point five AT and T is is what we're looking at. So uh, things are definitely picking up. So all the different things we did, we didn't just do cable and internet, right? Mm-hmm. We did uh, security. We launched AT and T's digital life uh, program. We right. went from there to ADT to Vivint. Vivint yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, so we did security, we did, uh, business to business. Um, what were some other things that we did that we got into? Man, commercial energy. Remember commercial energy and corpus. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial energy briefly. Cause we had Gus doing that. Yeah. We had Gus doing Um, that. Yeah. Yeah. We had commercial energy. We had, we tried a bunch of different stuff, man. And, um, it always kind of came back to AT&T. I mean, it it was the consistent scalable, Mm -hmm you know, product, um, because their systems were so easy. Yeah. Um, that's what made it easier for salespeople. That's one of the things that you got to have an easy, you got to have a duplicatable system. That's Mm -hmm. easy to understand and easy to execute at least at some level for a new person. Um, absolutely. So it's alarms companies are, they're kind of tricky. Yeah. They, they were for a while there. They've gotten a lot simpler, but we had commercial alarms too, didn't we? Yeah. We had commercial. Cause that's what Eric was doing. Yeah. We had commercial alarms as well. Yeah. The fever in yeah. Austin. I actually just connected with him. Um, or not connected. We, we've been talking on and off or whatever, but he just, uh, he just got hired on at a, at a manufacturing company to run the whole manufacturing company as a general manager oh, and and he's got uh he's got partnership opportunity in that too so he's nice. doing well so that that's probably one of my favorite things is you know the stories from guys that used to work for us what they're oh, doing yeah. now you know what i mean we had one guy uh joey skinner and i'm going to send this podcast to him because he's going to love that we talked about him yeah uh joey <laughs> no skinner. relation to me by the way <laughs> yeah he uh he probably still holds the highest product count in one month. Mm-hmm. I think it was 70, 71 products in one or no, no, no 71 sales. So that was probably like 140 products at the time. Yeah. Cause we had like a 92% uh, attachment rate TV and internet. And uh, he went on to win a uh, world series of, poker tournament yeah yeah and he won like three hundred fifty thousand dollars in one shot yeah and then he just became a professional flipper after that nice he bought a bunch of season tickets to different sports yeah teams he was doing that he was uh he was starting a multi-level marketing company for a while (laughs) um i love joey though great guy. yeah so all right between 16 and 20 in in your opinion compared to like 21 right which is last year so in your opinion, what, what happened in there? Um, I think there's several things be, that happened. And be honest here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, always be honest, I man. There's several things that happened in there. I mean, there was, um, there was the, the 
uh, our client changed, right? Mm-hmm. They, they went to DirecTV. Um, and then that was, that was okay for a while. And then it changed again. I mean, there was a lot of changes that were going on with our client, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's when I started to recognize that, man, we got to be more diverse. Yeah. You know, we need to find something that we have control over. That's, it's a big deal when mm-hmm. you always have somebody that can pull the strings and everything changes, um, man, you're, you're in trouble, yeah. right? Cause salespeople, um, and, and I am a salesperson. We don't like change. We don't do real well with, with things changing like compensation and what you can sell and where you can sell and all the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, we like that consistent. We know what to right. do and go do it. Same commission, same product, <laughs> same commission, same product, let same teach you know, it. Let, let me train me, it. Exactly. Let me do it. Let me yeah. go out and do what I do. Um, and, and that's what salespeople like. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that happened, um, you know, th- when that happened, of course, everything kind of, kind of fell apart. I mean, we didn't have a need for a call center. We didn't have all these things started happening. Yeah. And I was VP at the time and I'm watching our, us close offices, you know, it was rough. I mean, we, we had, we, we got the stuff out of the Valley, you know, Rudy and I drove down to the Valley to at night to grab our stuff out of the offices before they changed the locks on us. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, so everything kind of changed. And then I recognized at that time that, man, we don't need a VP. Yeah. You just don't, it's just not, it's not real. You know, right. it's not, what, what am I doing? You mm-hmm. know? Um, and so you and I ended up having a talk with Chris, the, the CFO at the time yeah. and Rudy. And you're like, man, we don't need a, we don't need a VP. And I'm like, bro, I know, I mean, yeah. I, I've seen it come and I'm, I recognize that my position doesn't really even need to exist anymore. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm like, let me do commercial so uh, I started oh, I doing commercial that. sales yeah. for a little bit. And uh, and then I ended up leaving. I mm-hmm. left the company for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my insurance license. I went into insurance. I was doing really well at insurance. Um, mm-hmm. I was having fun and, you know, uh, had freedom. And, and I was actually on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was a conversation that happened before I left uh, regarding me taking over as market manager and Matt stepping down, all that stuff that was going to go right. on. Yeah. And, and I decided to bow out. That was my choice. You yeah. know, um, it, you definitely gave me plenty of options. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I got real tired of all of the changes and that I was, it was, it was time for me to go. I needed yeah. to step away. Um, so I did, I went into insurance, did great, had mm-hmm. tons of freedom, made lots of money. Um, and, uh, I was on vacation with mm-hmm. and my aunt and uncles in, uh, in Kansas and we were kind of hanging out and you called me. And you're like, man, listen, things are changing. You know, Matt's going to have to leave. Um, and uh, are you interested in coming back and, yeah. and, you know, making this thing work again? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, dude, let's, let's never, do it. Man. Never say never. Never say never. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, I mean, I, you, you know, when I left, we left on good terms, I, yeah. you know, it, you know, it's, it's never been you and Alicia. I mean, it's, I mean, you guys introduced us to our church to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, you guys are always going to be friends regardless. Um, right. but, um, I, you know, I was like, yeah, let's, I talked to my wife and I was like, you know, and she's like, well, I mean, you've always loved what you did. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's it. You know, that was my decision. And so, um, I came back and, uh, and things were going well, like we were starting to catch traction and then you and Alicia, mm-hmm. you, know, you guys separated mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you came to me and you're like, dude, I know with my kids and everything else, I'm going to have to take a step back. Yeah. And so I need to know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Are you going to hang out and, and do this thing or, 
or not. And then if, which case I need to take our gents and do something different with it. Right. And, uh, and I said, let me go home and, and pray about it. Let me talk about it. So yeah. I went and talked to my wife and I prayed about it. And, uh, and I just, I came back the next day and said, dude, I'm all in, I'm here. And no matter what, mm-hmm. what you gotta do, you know? Yeah. Um, getting a little emotional at that. Shit. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, and, uh, and I haven't looked back. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's all about, you know, putting our head down and being all in and fully committed and we're going to make this shit happen no matter what. Yeah. So from, from 18 to 21, basically, you know, I, I dealt with the separation, a divorce, and then eventually a reconcile. So there is a, a happy ending at the end of that story, but, uh, you know, you, you maintained through that, you know what I'm saying? And you were able to prop the company up on your shoulders, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like I was just gone, but it it would be some days, man, you know, and, and this is going to get real deep for this conversation. It's not exactly a building great sales team conversation, but it is an entrepreneurial conversation, which, you know, that's part of the demographic that's going to be listening to this show. So I think there's enough benefit here. There, There's days I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, you know what I'm right. saying? And I knew that that type, those type of days were coming. So that's why I had that conversation with you. You know what I mean? And, um, we were able to, from just in general, before that happened, 16, all the way to, you know, probably the first quarter of 21, you know, we were able to maintain a hell of a business. Absolutely. You know, uh, and being able for us both to make six figures and really, I mean, maybe I was working 20 hours a week at the time, you know what I'm saying? Right. And maybe you were doing 30, 40 tops. Yeah. I mean, if we we mix in road trips, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But like we were so, you know, it was so familiar, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? We knew the answer before the rep even got done telling us the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like we, our systems were on point. We had, uh, we had an amazing staff and Shannon and Rudy and Steven, we had that great core, you know what I mean? And, um, Ryan. And so, uh, we were able to, to operate around the $2 million mark every year. And then 19, we did 2.8 million. And I, and I remember this and I think, uh, my fellow business owners can, can, uh, appreciate this too. We, we profited. Yeah. We profited more in 2019 than we did in 2014 and we did 2 million less which, which was a coming of age thing for me as a business owner, you know what right. I'm saying? Understanding, okay, maybe I don't need the 17th floor office. Maybe I don't need to uh, pay for three vehicles and lease two of them out to the regional or to the sales manager at the time. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I don't need to buy a $300 dinner every single time I'm in town visiting other managers and stuff like that. So that was a big uh, coming in of, of age for us as a company too. You know what I'm saying? where we operated more efficiently, you know, uh, Shannon and Rudy and, uh, were amazing at saving us money, you know what I mean? And operating efficiently to where we didn't have to spend a bunch of money on recruiting. I mean, 2019 was probably my favorite year, even though it wasn't like the greatest year in terms of gross volume because, and the company literally ran itself, you know, high speed, low drag. It was high speed, low drag. Mm. So if you, if you have a product, you know what I mean? That, there's 17 moving parts and uh, you make 200 bucks in profit on. Right. And then you have another product that there's two moving parts 
and you make $100 in profit on, which product do you want to sell? Right. I want to sell the $100 profit product. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because there's less that can go wrong with that product and I can high speed, low drag. You know what I mean? Uh, my my ex-partner, so I, I up until 21, I've had a uh, a partner the whole time, right? And he was the money man. You know what I'm saying? When we ran out of money, he helped us out. And eventually he couldn't help us out anymore. And that was in 15, right? <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories to tell. And I'm jumping all over the place here, but you got to understand everything that we've the been story. through, right? Yeah. I got a bank to lend a door-to-door sales company that was 180 grand in debt. I got a bank to lend us $300,000 with no equity. And my word, that was one of the best sales of my life for sure. And, yeah. and when I, when I tell people about that today, they're like, I can't get 20 grand. You right. know what I'm saying? And this was back in, in uh, 14 when things are a little stricter than they are now. Now the government's handing out money to everybody. You know what Quite I mean? Quite literally. <laughs> Quite literally. And so, uh, but anyways, long story short, you know, coming of age, in terms of company, the culture, the people in it, and everybody learning together, uh, we definitely did that from 2011 to 2019. And when we had that $2.8 million a year, high, high profit. And then 2020 hits, right? We're a door-to-door company in the middle of COVID. Right. <laughs> and right. there was a solid three months or I want to say 10 weeks where we could not knock. AT&T wouldn't allow us to knock. City mandates wouldn't allow us to knock. And so uh, we were scrambling. At the time, we sold commercial uh, uh, DirecTV and AT&T Internet. So we pivoted to phone sales, you know, referral-based. And then when we could knock doors, we, we hit the ground running. Right. Yeah, residential said they, they locked down residential for us, mm-hmm. but commercial was only locked down for two weeks. Yeah. We we're able to go back. But the problem then is we went back to businesses that were shut down, mm-hmm. right? Because the city mandates wouldn't allow them to reopen, Yeah, right? Um, and then people were getting sick and they were freaking out, you know, and it was the world at that time, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and we so were. It was pivot after pivot after pivot after pivot. You know, we were just taking it as it came and, and trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, things like the EIDL, or not, not the EIDL, the PPP. Mm-hmm. The PPP, like the business would have been fine. Cause when you're a commission only business, you've got rent, you've got, um, some staff costs, you know what I mean? But at, at the end of the day, you make 20 sales and you got that covered. Right. Right. So what the PPP did for us was secured everybody's income in terms of the managers and their families. Right. right. And so that was huge for us. I will 100% say that, you know, we took both rounds of PPP, got it forgiven, and we used that for our people. Absolutely. You know, 100%. And so um, that that was a, a big part of that. I don't want to sit here and act like we bootstrapped it the whole way through and, and made it because we're so awesome. That was actually essential in that. So, um, but through that, we really created, we really created the beginnings of the culture we have now. You know, which there's two huge influences on the culture. One was COVID mm-hmm. and then the other one is Apex, which we'll, we'll sure. get into here at the, the end of the story. Right. Right. Um, but the, the first piece was having, you know, 10 salespeople 
make a hundred grand a year versus a hundred salespeople making 50 grand a year. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, at that time, because I had so many guys that depended on our opportunity to feed their families and, you know, through COVID and everything, I wasn't able always to give them the best opportunity to do that. When we came out of that, it was super important to me that we had a six figure opportunity from the ground level all the way up. Right. You know, and that we didn't go backwards anymore. Right. Because there were several times where you weren't making six figures anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I wasn't making six figures anymore. Hell, I wasn't even getting paid. You know what I mean? Right. Like there were I, I went through some years of that in like seven and sixteen for sure. And so I wanted to sell higher ticket products. Mm -hmm. You wanted to sell higher ticket products. Absolutely. And so uh, that's when we started looking at solar. Mm -hmm. And uh, up until that point, it, it was a really bad taste in, in our mouths because everybody, and it's, this still happens every day. Um, hey, Mr. Customer, I'm going to offset your electric bill, but I'm only going to install a system that's a quarter of the size that you need to offset your electric bill. Right. And or, I'm going to tell you, I'm saving you a hundred dollars a month and I'm offsetting your electric bill. Or you get solar free. Yeah. You get solar free what? or <laughs> what? you're, you're going to get a, a, mm. a $5,000 tax rebate, even yeah. though you're a, a, a self-employed yeah, or, or retired. Yeah, yeah. You have no income. And so up until that point, everything we had heard about solar was all negative, you know, right. but it was because the organizations operating it, it was fairly new in Texas and there wasn't a whole lot of people with integrity operating solar just yet. You know, and so by the time that I, uh, that we got into it and, and it was, it was my pet project for a while. I remember that mm -hmm. it was my little pet project for a while. By the time that we got into it, I had a certain way that I wanted it to operate. One, I wanted all of the salespeople to have six figure opportunity, which in solar in general, it is, it's a $60,000 sale per home on average. Right. So it's a hundred percent a six figure opportunity, multiple six figures. And then I, I wanted us to sell with integrity, you know, which is now one of our core, core values. We operate with integrity. And so um, basically COVID created that, you know, from all this adversity created this cult, a part, a piece of this culture that we have now, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and so for you at the end of 2020, where was your journey in that? I guess. Cause you were just wrapping up commercial. Yeah. I was, I was really focused on making commercial work. Right. We were talking about getting rid of door to door at that right. point. We yeah. actually did here in Corpus. We, we pretty much had gotten rid of door to door and we'd go on commercial and then, you know, commercial just, again, it's, it all, man, it's one thing in sales that I've learned over the years is your client matters. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely matters. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and at and is still a client of ours, yeah. right? It, they're, they're a great client. It's just, anyway, it's a big company. It's a big company, man, you yeah. know, and, uh, and we really needed, I really needed to be somewhere where I had complete control. Like, like nobody was going to come and tell me you can't go knock on doors. Right. Um, nobody was going to tell me that, oh, hey, the prices are changing. Yeah. Um, or your commission's changing. Yeah. And, and, oh, hey, your metrics are here. So you don't get this bonus right. or, you know, it, it's like, man, come on. It's like, it was, it was. Yeah you know, brutal. And then on the commercial side, the commissions were higher, but you know, you had chargebacks and you had a longer chargeback period. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden those things started hitting and, and, uh, and I was like, man, I, I want, man, I, I know I can make solar work. Mm -hmm. I know I can. I mean, I'm passionate about it. I know how to do it. It's, I can build the structure around. We can make it work. 
which, but we have to go all in. Yeah. We cannot, you know, have any other door to door, any other business to business. It's gotta be, um, like our AT&T campaigns, all MDU now. Right. Right. But all those boots on the ground, mm-hmm. they need to be pointed at solar. Yeah. Um, so we did two so. things at that time. We, we converted our AT&T campaign from door to door residential to referral based with apartment complexes. Right, right, right. And, and that was a beautiful thing because it, it, it solidified the culture we wanted. Uh, our MDU team, uh, Justin Pace and, and his guys, yeah. they're all six figure earners or they have the opportunity to earn six figures. They're just new to it. They, they haven't done it yet. Right. They're going to though. And so, um, that, that cultivated the beginning of that culture. You know, we knew that everybody in that campaign was going to be a six figure earner and we could say it, we could advertise it, we could recruit based on that. And then, and then we went all in in Corpus Christi on, on solar. Right. Absolutely. And you uh, headed up at the AT&T campaign and the solar campaign. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I stepped into the role. I learned, and it was a learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. I had to learn product, all about it. Product learning curve. Product learning curve. Yeah. But the, 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 the outline is there. It's been there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the one we drew on the wall Yeah, late that night. It's the same, it's the same, it's the same outline, the same skeleton, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of filling in what works on this campaign and what doesn't work, yeah. um, identifying it and, uh, and then implementing it. It took a few months, taking a few months. I mean, there's still some, some gaps we need to fill in. Right. Um, but for the most part, the outline's there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Man, it's just an. Ex- I'm super excited about the product, and I'm all in on it. I mean, there's no. I mean, you know, I'm going to die on this hill. Yeah, right? I know. no matter what, you know, this is going to happen. This it's going it. to be successful. We're going to make a a bunch of money. We're going to make a bunch of people a bunch of money. Exactly. Right. And uh, and in return, you know, we'll we'll, we'll be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's you know, I can legitimately look somebody in the eye today in an interview when I had interviews today, mm-hmm. and be like, "Listen, your first year, you should make six figures, 100%. right? And if you're not, something's wrong. Yeah, right. This we need to evaluate whether you're why you're yeah. here. You know. Yeah. Um, and then for my closers and the higher level people, it's like. And it's not even a conversation of how much money you're going to make. It's how are we going to use that money to provide a legacy for you and your family? Yeah. And that's, you know, part of the, the apex conversation, mm-hmm. the network of people we're involved in that are going to help, um, help utilize that. for Yeah. You. So let's, let's talk about, so we started doing solar mm-hmm. and uh, it was rough at first. Absolutely. You know, brand new product. You know, we didn't understand completely how to sell it, you know, so our first few sales were pretty rough. And then after that, we got a few strong partners on the software side, on the install side. And so, and so now we get to do what we do best, which is sell. Right. And so once that happened, it just, it clicked. And all of a sudden, you know, we had done, uh, uh, what do you call it? As far as uh, gross sales were concerned, we had done a million dollars in product. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, that was over a period of like two and a half months. I want to say, yeah, you know, it, was, from, yeah, it was right at three. Yeah. From the first sale that was under, under your campaign mm-hmm. to, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, right. right? We're uh, a little over a million now. And, um, now we've got the system, we've got it down. And now it's about building out the opportunity structure, the management structure, everything. So let's, let's talk about a little bit about core values. Cause we established yeah. those core values before we started solar. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, May of last year is when I started getting into Apex. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, 
this was, you know, obviously post COVID or COVID still happening. Right. But this was post, you know, the shutdown. And so I started taking what I learned in apex and, and implementing it in the company. And one of the things we implemented was a core values. Right. Right. And so from, from then until now, we've also uh, implemented some other things into our opportunity structure. And, and it, all of this comes from, from apex a hundred percent. So one of the things about being an apex executive, so there's three levels of it. There's entourage, there's, um, and this is a mastermind that, that Ryan Stuman heads up. There's entourage, there's entrepreneurs, and there's executives. I went straight into executives. Um, and one of the things that they taught me was how to build that wealth. Right. And as soon as they started teaching that to me in terms of real estate, in terms of uh, investing, in terms of, uh, you know, getting into uh, franchise deals and stuff like that, once they started teaching me that, I knew right away I had something, you know what I mean? And obviously it's something, it's something that everybody does when they get wealthy and they start building generational wealth. Um, but I realized I didn't just have something for myself. I had something for my management team. And then I had something all the way down to the reps. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you have an opportunity structure that shows them one, how to make money, all right, they're going to get into the business. If you have, if you have an opportunity structure that teaches them how to lead, all right, they're going to stay in the business. Now, if you have an opportunity structure that teaches them how to become free men and women, now you've got something that has impact for generations and generations, right? Right. And so the way we built our opportunity structure out when we started solar was we don't just want to teach them how to make money. We don't just want to teach them how to train other people and to be leaders. We want to teach them how to take all this, you know, multiple six figure money that they're making and invest it in to real estate deals, invest it into, you know, franchise food ownership, invest it into cryptocurrency, invest it into all these different things. Um, that their money actually makes money. Right. And then buy the watch and then buy the car. You know then what I mean? When you buy the watch, buy the one that's going to appreciate in value, not depreciate. Exactly. Right? I, you know, I, I don't know who does that. Some guy, some guy named Ryan, he does yeah. it pretty well, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, everything I know, I learned from Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, so the apex organization had a big influence on our, yeah. on our, our, on our company. So, you know, all of a sudden we go from, you know, we did, uh, I want to say 1.2 in 2020, we closed out, uh, 2021 at like 1.8. And now the way 2022 is working out, you know, we're, we're already trending to four or 5 million, you know what I mean? And our target is 8 million and we're just now getting some steam going, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. And the beautiful thing about that is half of it is solar and half of it is AT&T. Right. It's a perfect mix right now, which is exactly what we want and what we're excited about because there's nothing to do but grow on the solar side. You know what right. I mean? AT&T is a little bit slower growth and that's going to take more time, but we do have plans to double our headcount this year. And so kind of wrapping all of this up and uh, talking about what the podcast is titled, right? Building great sales teams. I think I, I wanted you on the show first so everybody could understand you know, this journey, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it would be so hard for me to talk about that journey without doing it with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you became a, uh, operational or operational. No, you became a partner 
right. uh, last year. Right. Uh, you became a, a partner with the company last year, and that was a sweat equity partnership deal. So basically, I said, hey, you've been with me for 10 years. You know, you helped me through my separation, my divorce, my reconcile, you know what I'm saying? And so I want to be able to give you a piece of this. And then what are our, what are our long-term plans? Let's talk about that. A uh, long-term plan is for me to take over as CEO. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, principal partner. Um, and, uh, you know, you're obviously on the journey of, of consulting businesses yeah. and doing that stuff and, you know, help you out with the, the sales side of that, being able mm-hmm. to coach people and, and, and help teams, uh, do the stuff that we did. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, um, you know, eventually find somebody to replace me. We're good. We're still recording on the, okay. on the roadcaster is just lost video. Oh, we I, thought, do. I thought it died. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, <laughs> the laptop and, uh, died. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Your laptop died. Um, this records to a microchip. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so, uh, and then eventually find somebody to replace me, you know, and, um, uh, as CEO, but we're talking, you know, much yeah. in the future, you know, yeah. immediately it's going to be, um, finding somebody that can, uh, manage the corpus office and build it up so I can start, uh, just exactly what I did at t yeah. So I can really focus. And we have some people in San Antonio and some people in Houston, mm-hmm. um, and pick one of those markets and just start growing and developing that and find yeah. a leader to lead those. And, um, and then just expand the, the solar empire, man. Um, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, that, that's it. And then, you know, and so one of the things I posted today on Facebook was, you know, of course, good morning. I'd be polite first before I hit people with some truth. Yeah. And the question was, do your people have a real opportunity to replace you? So Wayne, do your people have a real opportunity to replace you and, Absolutely. T- and, and tell me how? Absolutely. I mean, I, I stand in front of teams of people every single day and encourage and, and show them exactly what it takes to come and get my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never, um, man, it, it's, it's kind of been my mantra for a long, long time is man, I, I, not only am I replaceable, I want to be replaced. I can't do what's next until somebody takes over and does what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so it's always been, that's how we built AT&T that the, you know, I, in order for me to get to regional, I needed to have somebody take over my office. Mm-hmm. Plus in order to take VP, I needed to have somebody take over as regional. Yeah. You know, and I had to have multiple regions, you know, and it's going to be the same way here. I mean, I have to have somebody take over as uh, area manager first. You know, I talked to, you know, I have two closers here. I talked to Josie and uh, Darian all the time about, hey, listen, you guys need to need to step up. You need to figure this thing out, you know, mm-hmm. um, increase the volume. Let's work on um, training appointment centers to become better, um, get them promoted. Then, you know, take over as area manager here. Um, and then I can focus on finding an area manager or working somewhere else. And then, you know, eventually somebody take over as VP of sales so that I can step into the role, uh, of CEO. Absolutely. So that's, that's the plan. That's the goal. And so that's a journey that we'll, we'll check in on every now and then on this podcast. So, uh, everybody, I appreciate you joining. Hopefully you got a lot of good nuggets out of this. This is going to be a two part podcast. So the first part, I wanted to kind of give you guys the journey right. And help you, uh, understand, you know, why, why should I even listen to this Doug Mitchell guy? Right. What does he know about building great sales teams? So, uh, if you need any help guys, I'm here, uh, especially for my apex brothers and sisters and just reach out. We'll get on a call. I've been spending a lot of time the last couple of weeks with, uh, business owners that are either, uh, generating, uh, or starting brand new sales teams 
or uh, they have current ones and, you know, they want to get out of the, the sales side of the business. So, and that's one of the things that I wanted to double down on was, you know, if, if you're the top salesman and you're the owner of the company, there's an issue there. If you have to, every now and then you have to go back out and sell again. And it's not just like to get the guy's hype. It's like, Hey, we're not going to make rent this month. Then there's a problem there. You need to be listening to this podcast. We're not just going to go off of the knowledge that uh, Wayne and I have learned together. We're going to be interviewing and doing case studies and uh, really breaking down other people's companies and understanding uh, what makes their sales teams great. You know what I mean? Or uh, I have a few companies now that have reached out and it's like, hey, we want you to come and work with us and we'll jump on your podcast. And so they're starting out sales teams. So you can kind of uh, hear about their journeys. And then we're going to do lookbacks and we're going to do many episodes in between where I interview, you know, CEOs of, uh, you know, $10 million sales companies. And so um, it's going to be a lot of information from the other great sales teams, as well as, you know, the principles and systems that I rely on in order to run my companies. So uh, the next episode, part two, will be uh, a lot about our Kodak system and understanding how we were able to support and maintain and grow these sales teams uh, using the, the, the tenants in Kodak. So looking forward to that, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.